everybody hi welcome to our podcast the mysterium mysterium podcast it's <laughs> just gonna be pure chaos oh we never know how to start it no well i'm stacy uh, oh yeah and i'm lani hi. i hate saying my own name it's so weird it sounds it? so wrong yeah this is weird or you can call me leilani my full name yeah yeah they're not at Lani, yeah, yeah they're not at Lani you know, level. Yeah, that's best friend level. That is that's me only. No. <laughs> <laughs> or Lan, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so this is this is our our podcast. Yeah, this is our first Exciting. episode, despite the fact we have already recorded this. Yeah, this may or may not be the second time we've recorded this. Yeah, to some very constructive criticism, <laughs> it came from a place of love. <laughs> Uh, and basically told us how shit we are. <laughs> <laughs> you girls are trash. <laughs> no, but we're we're a bit more on it. I think we 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 know where we are now. We're We've doing, done a few. We're doing our best for you guys. Yeah, our best might not be that great, but there we go. Well, <laughs> we're fine. But we're gonna be we're gonna be going over a case today again that we've already done. Mm-hmm. But we did it in November, and it's oh, now we did it a April. long time ago. And I'll be honest, I can't remember any of it. Great, that's good for me then. I might still be able to surprise you. Yeah, because Stacey is doing the case today. I am. Yay. I'm doing Curry Stainer. I think that's how you say it. Dun, dun, the Yosemite dun. Killer. Yosemite. I can't. Yosemite. Yosemite Killer. I always thought it was Yosemite. Of course you did. You're English. Well, that's how you would read it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I suppose. I've, it's only because I've seen documentaries, but yeah, I guess. Right. So this bastard it's it's hard to start it off isn't it i know well i was trying to sorry that's uh... my fault (laughs) right so kerry stainer was born on the 13th of august i wonder if it was a friday probably Probably. knowing what he did (laughs) 1961 in merced california wait that makes him a fucking leo are you joking Mm, yeah he's one of you are you act that's not fair yeah sorry babes (laughs) My heart's broken. <laughs> I didn't think there were any Leo serial killers. Yeah, he they're normally like Scorpios, aren't they? There's a no, lot they're of... normally Pisces because Pisces are psychos. Oh, they're well, there are a lot. Psychos. There are a lot of... Um, I was learning the other day, there are a lot of Scorpios as well. That doesn't even surprise me either. Sting in the tail. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he was born in August 1961 in Merced, California to parents Delbert and Kay. He is the eldest of five siblings. He was said to be very creative and was considered to be a nice guy who cared about his family and to those who knew him, with one person saying that they thought he would grow up to be a cartoonist or graphic designer. However, Carey said, I've, uh, I did the same thing the first time. <laughs> this goes down dark. <laughs> um, yeah, graphic designer. However, Carey said in interviews, he fantasized about murdering and raping women from the age of seven. Trigger warning. Trigger Sorry. warning. Sorry. <laughs> yep. From the age of seven. Seven. That's... Um, I don't know what I was doing at seven, but I wasn't thinking about that. No, me what neither. That's for sure. Yeah, what the hell? Um, and his sister said he would. He did an inappropriate role play, which could be quite violent and rough and he'd pretend to hypnotize his siblings and ask them to undress oh no wait what were how many were boys and how many were girls not that it matters but i'm just curious. i don't know i've i know i i know he's got a sister and a brother but i don't know about the other three they probably don't want you to know either yeah they probably don't really want much to do with this no. to be fair. um 
Yeah. Can you imagine that? So he's the eldest of five and he's like asking his sibling, younger siblings to undress. I don't know what the age differences are, but... That makes me feel... Yeah, of course. Um, despite this, he was thought to have had a relatively normal and happy childhood on the outside until 1972, where at the age of 11, he was molested by his uncle Jesse on a camping trip. And then on December the 4th, 1972, his younger brother Stephen was kidnapped by child molester Kenneth Parnell. Shit, but you can't blame that on the seven-year-old psycho. I mean, I think he was crazy. the damage was already he there. He was crazy beforehand. Yeah, yeah. For, I mean, I feel sorry for him for what happened to him, but unless it the, was happening before, we well, this is also this is also true. Uh, you know, it's in the sixties and seventies. Like, yeah. Usually, if stuff like that happened, it was like, don't talk about it. Exactly. So, so yeah, I don't know, but there's one time that they know about it i guess yeah i reckon it was happening beforehand oh i reckon so i just feel like if you have a normal child oh actually no i don't know nature and nurture who knows yeah there's always going to be that debate isn't there exactly well so i mentioned that his younger brother was kidnapped just casually <laughs> sorry to chuck that in there but i'm gonna tell you steven's story okay because it's the quite, brother yeah the little brother it's quite horrific um, there's going to be all sorts of triggers everywhere in this. Okay. So if, if you're not comfortable, I totally get it. Come visit us again another time. Um, so on the afternoon of December 4th, 1972, seven-year-old Stephen Stainer was approached on his way home from school by a man named Irvin Edward Murphy, who had become acquainted with convicted child molester Kenneth Parnell. Murphy who was said to be a naive, simple-minded man, that is their words, not mine, had been enlisted by Parnell, who had passed himself off to Murphy as an aspiring minister into helping him abduct a young boy so that Parnell could raise him in a religious-type deal, as Murphy later stated. So Parnell is the guy that He's the, kidnaps Thingy's brother? Well, he wants He wants him. to kidnap him. He wants him. a kid. Ca- kidnap and, him. Yeah, and then Irvin the simple-minded man who is he just a random guy yeah i guess he's just a guy well he somehow it just says he's become acquainted with the molest the child molester as you do mm-hmm. just a little sidebar here we used to have a teacher called parnell let's <laughs> hope they're not related uh, I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm sure they're not he was a nice guy i don't remember him i was yeah I was do you know say, was he's he the teacher that taught us to put condoms on things <gasps> not like in class like do you remember? He not was in, in class. He took no, us outside in class. <laughs> in class. Fuck. No, he's a very good, nice person as far as I'm aware. Um, he he was a PE teacher and then he had to stand in for like our citizenship class. And do you remember we had to put condoms and he yes. called them Johnnies and we yep. all, well, all the boys laughed at that because yep. they're mature. Yep. And um, and then all the year eights were staring through the window at us because like, the lesson overran by like two minutes or something and they were all laughing at us and we were so was that the lesson you got really mad at me because I sat next to Tom? Oh my god, it was such a betrayal. <laughs> yeah, that was the fucking lesson. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> never gonna, I mean, I don't know why you brought it up. Because <laughs> I was bitter about it. Oh no, I'm really sorry. It's okay. You came back to me. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, I okay, I know that they said this guy, he's, he's obviously, well, <laughs> I don't know how to word it. Other than what they called him, simple-minded, simple-minded. Um, yeah, he's got some kind of difficulties, and yeah. he, yeah, believed him that I mean, someone comes up to you. I think I can raise a kid better than his parents, and I in a religious way. Yeah, yeah, that's so weird. Anyway, unfortunately, Irvin believed him, and 
kidnapped little Stephen. So acting. So this sorry pussy ass bish 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 <laughs> he's bish wasn't even he couldn't he couldn't even be bothered to do it himself. Yeah, exactly. What he's an just asshole! Got, he's got a younger guy to go along and do it. I mean, it's not the worst thing he's done. He gets worse. <laughs> Uh, so acting on instructions from Parnell Murphy offered Stephen a ride home and that's when Parnell oh so Parnell wasn't oh okay all that. We, got, we got ahead of ourselves we did get ahead of ourselves it's almost like I thought you researched this case well it's almost like I haven't, haven't researched it in six months and I'm redoing it or something <laughs> so acting on instructions from Parnell Murphy offered Stephen a ride home and that's when Parnell drove up and Stephen got in willingly believing they would take him home but instead, he was taken to Parnell's cabin in nearby Cathy's Valley instead. Unbeknownst to Stainer, oh, I don't know why I called him so, it's Stephen, poor little Stephen. Um, Parnell's cabin was located only several hundred feet from his maternal grandfather's residence. Oh, so he was so my close. God. Okay, that fuck, that fucks with me. Yeah, well, imagine being that granddad as well. Like, Literally. You were right. You could have walked past that house on a walk or something. Oh, I hate it. So over the next seven years, Stephen was... Oh, trigger warning. Seven years. He was kept for seven years. So four, till he was 14. I'll t- well, I'm going to go into what, yeah, what happened. But yeah. um, over the next seven years, Stephen was raped repeatedly and told his family didn't want him anymore. And at seven, you're going to believe that. And you're like... I don't even know what goes through your brain at that age. No. Um, now, an adult Stephen would later say he had plenty of opportunities to leave. However, he didn't know how to summon help. And you wouldn't. If you've been taken at seven oh and my God, mistreated like this. brainwashed yeah, you as well. It's like Stockholm Syndrome or something. Like, <gasps> Oh, sorry. Excuse <laughs> Parnell enrolled in, he even enrolled Stephen in school and passed him off as his own son. Shut the how front door. How ballsy is that? Oh, that's how you know you've brainwashed someone. Yeah, what that's when you know hell? you've broken them down. Like, oh, shit. Um, yeah, so they would move a lot over seven years. Um, for the, for an 18-month period, a woman named Barbara Mathias lived with Parnell and Stephen. According to Stephen, Mathias, along with Parnell, trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning, <laughs> raped him on nine separate occasions at the age of nine in 1975, on Parnell's instructions, Matthias tried to lure another young boy who was in the Santa Rosa Boys Club with Stephen into Parnell's car. However, the attempt was unsuccessful, thankfully. Thank God. How do you meet another person who's like, yeah, I want to do that to kids? Yeah. How do they find each other? They should be very, 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 very far and few between. Well, they, they should exist. Yeah. <laughs> they all seem to like congregate somehow. They just fucking Shouldn't find they each give other. Give off man? something yeah. that we can't oh, detect. Man. I wouldn't be surprised, man. Oh. You know, like how people have like gaydar, gay people yeah. have gaydar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've got the same dar. Yeah. I've never understand how that works. I've got absolutely no dictar. I have absolutely no idea how that stuff works. I'm completely oblivious to everything. Yeah. Maybe that's the curse of being straight. (laughs) Um, Right, so once Stephen entered puberty, Parnell began to look for a younger child to kidnap and had used Stephen to attempt to kidnap children before. However, all the kidnapping attempts were unsuccessful. Unsuccessful. (laughs) My goodness, you shocked me. (laughs) No, it's fine. Jump in. Um, Yeah, so this caused Parnell to believe Stephen lacked the means to to be an accomplice. That's what he wanted him to be now. 
but then Stephen later revealed he intentionally sabotaged those failed kidnappings. Good for you. Bless him. Yeah. Um, on February the 14th, Valentine's Day, 1980, Parnell and a teenage friend of Stephen's, so another guy he's found, named Randall Sean Poorman, he is very poor man, kidnapped five-year-old Timothy White in Ukiah. No, Timothy, run away. Oh, that's the name of my brother, Timothy. Timmy. Oh my god, I never think of him as a Timothy. That's so weird. I know, it won't even do it. He's <gasps> Timmy or Tim. Yeah, that's weird. He's Tim, mainly. Stephen didn't want the same thing to happen to Timothy that happened to him. So on March 1st, 1980, there's a lot of dates. Like, don't don't write them down. It's fine. <laughs> While Par- Parnell was away at his night security job, Stephen left with Timmy and hitchhiked to Ukiah. The two boys were unable to locate Timothy's house, so Stephen tried to get him to walk into a police station and ask for help without him luckily police officers spotted and detained both of them Stephen told them who timothy was and revealed his own identity yay that breaks my heart though because he obviously thought well my family doesn't want me so i don't need to go so he didn't yeah yeah. And he probably he was probably worried about him getting in, tr- in trouble in himself trouble, because exactly. he he's helped this fucking psychopath. Yeah, and as he probably well. has like been convinced that you know you're you've done something Ex- wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, the next morning on March second, nineteen eighty, Parnell was arrested on suspicion of abducting both boys. When the police checked into his background, they find a found a previous sodomy conviction in nineteen fifty one. Both Stephen and Timothy were reunited with their families that day. In 1981, Parnell was tried and convicted of kidnapping Timothy and Stephen in two separate trials. Oh. He was sentenced to seven years, but was paroled after five. Are you actually having a fucking giggle? Well, so he got less time than what Stephen got with him. How does that work? It's fucked. What? It's fucked. I don't even remember you saying this. This is I know you were outraged. I remember you being outraged for this. Um, Well, this like I I don't get how does that how? Oh my god! Maybe they're all fucking rapists. I don't know. So fucking maybe the I wouldn't. I would. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) after that. Yeah. Oh, we better give him something to keep the you know people happy. Yeah. Then let our boy out. I would not be surprised. Is he still alive? I don't know. It's it's. Well, he was quite old, I think. But I don't know. He could very well easily be alive. I might look that up. Yeah, my God. That um, is so scary. Well, yeah, because obviously... Yeah, well, he's probably done other stuff. Oh, he didn't stop. Yeah. Mm. Oh, he's probably done a hell of a lot more stuff. Probably spurred him he on. He just got better like at doing it. The wrist. Yeah, exactly. Um, but now, Parnell was not charged with the numerous sexual assaults on Stephen and other boys because most of them occurred outside the jurisdiction of the Merced County Prosecutor. That fucking infuriates me. Fuck off. Um, or were by then outside the statute of limitations. Why does that exist? Why? Why does that exist? It's like fuck the victims. That's yeah, what it feels it like. Is. That's all it can be. Yeah, like, oh, we don't care about that because it happened too long ago. It's so weird. And this, is, this isn't even the case that you, you were doing, Stacey. This is a whole separate this case. This is just like some background. I mean, this to me is... This well, is a whole ass case by itself. It is. It's a case within a case. <laughs> well, also because I've I've seen a lot of stuff about Kerry Stainer and they barely mention the brother, and I'm just like, yeah, give him his day. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, like he he deserves for people to see what happened to him. 
the Mendocina, so I'm probably saying all these wrong, but who gives a fuck? They're all probably criminals. <laughs> the Mendocina County prosecutors, acting almost entirely alone, decided not to prosecute Parnell for the sexual assaults that occurred in their jurisdiction. That's why he got fuck all, because they wow. couldn't be bothered. Wow, 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 wow. I, I, I have nothing so to say to this other than I'm furious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It's so... <laughs> so Murphy and poor man name man <laughs> so fucking dumb um who helped abduct timothy were convicted of lesser charges they claimed they knew nothing of the s- sexual um assaults on stephen so murphy is that like simple-minded man oh okay yeah said at the beginning and poor man is the friend of stephen the 14 year old yeah he, like got help if that helps anyone yeah um because i can't follow these fucking names yeah so they didn't know anything about it and matthias that bitch was never arrested of course she wasn't because a woman wouldn't do that. It's like fucking Jeffrey Epstein and what's her face all mm, over again. That fucking cunt. What is her name? I oh, can't remember. Brilliant. Who Maxwell. even fucking cares? It's Fuck her. I think yeah. she got arrested in the end anyway, didn't she? Oh, she's... Yeah, she's been, she's trying to get a appeal and they're like, Fuck you! Good. Grillane Maxwell, you cunt. Um, oh, I learned today that the C word... I just said it, but now I'm going back to the... <laughs> Sorry if my mum listens. She went. Um, uh, that... Is a term of endearment in Australia. So, really? Yeah. Whereas I think Americans and us, we're like all you Australians out there that are obviously listening to us. Let us <laughs> let me know if that's true. I don't believe this. You call me a liar. <laughs> there was like ah, you can't. <laughs> that, kind of, that was terrible. I'm so sorry. Um, Stephen remembered the kindness Uncle Murphy had shown him in the first week of captivity, while they were both under the influence of Parnell's manipulation. Because Murphy didn't know what was happening. He's just stupid. Um, And he believed that Murphy was as much Parnell's victim as he and Timmy were. So that's interesting. Mm, Even though he was an adult. But maybe he was just really like... He could have had like the mind of a child, I guess, or something. Yeah, yeah. Stephen's kidnapping and its aftermath prompted California lawn... I always say lawnmakers, (laughs) and I don't know why. Lawmakers to change state laws to allow consecutive prison terms in similar abduction cases. Wow, I found that really hard to read. <laughs> you did good. Thank well done. You. I need to have a little sip of my wine. Mm. Oh, we just had a little break there for dinner. We did indeed. Yeah. It was so tasty. I'm going to punch you <laughs> in your fucking face. You wouldn't let me put any spice in it, you giant baby. It was tasty. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was just plain pasta. Well, in the sauce. <laughs> Somebody doesn't eat animals. Anyway, where the hell were you? Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, I do actually. We Come just, on, then. I just finished telling you about Stephen's story. Yep. Now we're going to get back to Carrie. Okay, Carrie, Carrie. I think it's Carrie. Like Jim Carrey. I don't know. Who fucking cares about this dick? Who cares? <clears throat> okay, so while Stephen was still missing, his parents and siblings grieved his absence and were elated when he returned home as you would be but the ordeal had left Carrie feeling neglected by his parents and with the media attention that followed Stephen's miraculous return Carrie's feeling of being feelings of being ignored by his parents were amplified and his fantasies began to morph into uncontrollable urges according to him he became a loner and exposed himself to his sister's friends (laughs) (laughs) I Imagine if my brother. Yeah, I was gonna say. I have brothers. You can't get through that because you. you, All you do is imagine your brothers like 
doing it to me. Yeah, and I'd just be like, <laughs> get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, oh, imagine if I didn't know and you were just like, Stacey. I don't think I could tell you. <laughs> I honestly don't think I, I... I wouldn't believe you. No, I'm joking. No, you wouldn't. I would. <laughs> I'd believe one of them. <laughs> no, they're both lovely. It's an inside joke that I can't go into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... He exposed himself, that's not funny, uh, to his sister's friends. And in 1997, he started working as a handyman at the Cedar Lodge Motel in El Portal near Yosemite National Park, California. So that's his kind of backstory there. Okie dokie. Feels like pretty much everything that can happen to create a serial killer, like... Well, I suppose he he didn't have that bad. I mean, he I bet he went to bed and he played with fire. (laughs) killed animals why have we got this? <laughs> i don't know <laughs> we've had a few glasses of wine on february the 12th 1999 42 year old carol sand her daughter julie who was 15 and julie's friend Sil- sylvie oh, i can never say her name sylvina peloso 16 left their home in eureka that sounds cool eureka uh california <laughs> to go on holiday <laughs> to yosemite national park that sounds no, fun. No, don't do it. No, it doesn't sound fun. Don't go. Oh, it's a very beautiful park, actually. Like, No, don't go to none of the, none nobody, of the national parks. Leave, it's scary as shit. Nobody leave the house ever. <laughs> so after first flying to San Francisco, where Carol rented a red 1999 Pontiac Grand Prix. I've looked at it. It looks kind of cool. It's not like... I don't care about cars. Okay, fuck <laughs> They stopped in Stockton, where Julie took part in a cheerleading contest at the University um, of the Pacific. I don't. Some places say she like was in a contest, and then others say she was looking at universities like that had cheerleading. Okay. So she might have been watching a contest. I'm not quite sure. Um, different places say different things. Yeah. So they uh, they then headed out for Cedar Lodge in El Portal on February the 14th. No, and, don't go. And don't say. That's the second time Valentine's Day has been mentioned. I know, weird. Valentine's Day is a joke. <laughs> I sound like I'm single, but I'm not. It's just a fucking joke. Uh, which is located on Yosemite's Western Slope. There they got a room with a plan to stay for a few days. So they're just vibing, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Carol and her husband, Jens, 43, owned a realtor's business in the Stockton area. We're saying all these places, but we don't. No, Anything. no idea. We don't know these places. We just feel like it needs to be included. Yeah, I mean, some people's like, oh, Stockton, yeah. They might, they might be there and go. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> I've not been able to figure that out for many, 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 many years. Um, so they had been hosting Silvina, who was a foreign exchange student from Argentina and a friend of Julie's. She was spending three months with the family. Jens couldn't accompany them on this on this trip because he needed to prepare for an upcoming business trip. Uh, on February 15th, the women hiked into Yosemite National Park on one of the many trails. That evening, the group grabbed some videos from the lodge's service desk to watch in their room. It was the last time the women were seen alive. What followed turned out to be one of the most shocking crimes in the park's history. Staff at the Cedar Lodge claimed that when they cleaned the room the next morning, they didn't notice any signs of foul play or anything that made them suspicious. Checkout had apparently been done in in advance and the keys were left on the room desk. 
Jens had scheduled to meet them at the San Francisco airport that evening on his way to Arizona to where the others were to accompany him. I cannot speak today. While he attended his meeting, the three women were going to tour the Grand Canyon. Have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? No. You sure? Yes. I swear I've seen a picture of you. Are you fucking psycho? No. (laughs) That's near Las Vegas and I would love to go to Las Vegas. Oh, okay. No, I've only been to Florida and LA. Oh, yeah, I've only been to LA and San Fran. We're very boring. Uh, Jens was confused when his family and Sylvina didn't meet him at the airport. But I don't really understand this, but I, it was a different time. There weren't mobile phones. He assumed that they had flown ahead. The next day, he tried to contact them again with no luck. So concerned, he called the police. I just find that really... Jens hasn't done anything wrong, but I just find that a little bit odd. Yeah, no, I'd still freak the fuck out. But also, it's a different time. I wonder whether they didn't... I don't know. Maybe that he... A different time, they just didn't care about their loved ones. (laughs) No. (laughs) Don't see that. But, like, maybe it's like... Who knows? She could have said, like, oh, we we might fly with you or we might carry on. But he thought they'd flown ahead. I don't know. It's weird. The hire car company had uh, confirmed that Carol had never returned the rented Pontiac, nor had she extended the rental agreement. Local police and Yosemite Park rangers began to search the area where the missing three were last seen, initially thinking they may have wandered off the main hiking pass and got lost in the park. So for four weeks, police, family and volunteers searched the area in and near Yosemite National Park by helicopter, foot and skis. They were looking for both the red Pontiac as well as the women. Then Carol's wallet turned up in Modesto, which included money and credit cards, suggesting that foul play had occurred. So I think from what I watched, I don't quite know where Modesto is, but it's like far away. Okay. Like it's a while away. Yeah. Um, So it's very odd. In early March, FBI agent James Maddock, who was now in charge of the investigation, told the press, We feel almost certain that the women were victims of a violent crime. The Bureau relocated its headquarters from Yosemite to Modesto at this point because of finding the wallet, I guess. Seems very early to do that. Uh, And on February the 28th, 12 days after the women's disappearance, um, hinted that there was no longer... They were no longer treating the Sund incident as a missing persons case, but as murder. More than a thousand leads produced nothing. Still, the Bureau intensified its search, bringing in... I can't read. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing in... uh, Still, the Bureau intensified its search, bringing in more high-tech equipment and air support. I cannot read. It's a, it's an issue with doing a it podcast. Was, no, it was going fine until that bit there where you where you, <laughs> you were stopping it every two seconds. I know. I was like, I can't. What's happening? Sorry, everyone. We're keeping that in. It's fine. It's too much editing. Um. So on March 18th. Oh, actually, before I carry on, do you? Is there anything you want to talk about? Are you fine? <laughs> I feel like you jumped in a bit more than last time. No, I'm good. I'm letting you go. I'm letting you go. Okay. Sometimes I need help because we can't read. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On March 18th, the Sund family's worst fears were confirmed when I am doing it again. (laughs) Fuck. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. On March 18th, 18th, the Sund family's... 
On March 18th, the Sun family's worst fears were confirmed when a hiker stumbled onto the site of a burned-out red 1999 Pontiac. No, not the nice car. Well, it was it was an okay car, but you didn't let me finish. Uh, um, it was hidden off Highway 108. Anyone know where that is? I don't. Yeah, I know exactly where that is. Uh, oh, many times. the California Highway Patrol, there we go, verified the car's license plate as the sons rented a vehicle and immediately notified the FBI. Oh, I'm glad they're talking to each other. Because uh, they don't normally... Would no, that can that can very easily happen, can't it? fucking egos. Um, agents arrived at the scene early on the 19th and found two charred bodies, later identified as Carol Sund and Sylvina Peloso. Oh, shit. Sylvina had been sexually assaulted. Oh, fuck. So whoever this guy is is a paedophile as well. She's only 16. Oh, no. Or is it hebophile? It's a hebophile. What? Yeah. <laughs> I only learned that from a different podcast from a different person, but um, yeah, it's if you like the slightly older children, you're like a hebophile. It doesn't fuck? fucking matter. No, you're still a paedophile, yeah, but it's just gross. a different name. But yeah. Um, then on March 25th, the badly decomposed body of Julie Sund was discovered near Lake Pedro in Tu Tuolum County. I butchered that. Her throat had been cut and she had been she had also been sexually assaulted. So that's a fifteen and sixteen year old. Oh shit. Yeah. And over the next few weeks, a task force including FBI agents and law enforcers from four surrounding counties uh, arrested several known sex offenders, drug users and ex convicts with a record of violence within from within a seventy five square mile area between Modesto and Sonoma. <laughs> I was really I was starting to get like a bit <laughs> right um, the, this is why also I print them out now because I can't read off of a screen oh really yes yeah, it it throws me off I think I need to make it bigger mm, like an old fucking lady <laughs> I mean, I'm 30 now I am old <laughs> uh, the bureau reassured, re- reassured local residents that they were safe saying that while no one had yet been charged it felt like they felt like lo- those responsible for the killing of the three women was at, well, it's one woman and two girls at Yosemite were already behind bars. Good job, guys. Yeah, we got them. Don't have to worry about well that. Well done. Yeah, it's, you know, why would you think that? Never be certain until it's all put to rest. Yeah. Well, then there was another murder. And then there was another one. <laughs> You're like my hype guy. <laughs> I love it. Um, after receiving, I need to stop saying, um, I'm aware of it. I didn't do it in any other podcast but this one. No, you do. Oh, do I? I try and cut out as many as I do can. Do you? Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Fuck. I was like, oh, I listened back to them and I don't do it. But okay. Put me on blast there. After receiving a call from a guy who was worried about the whereabouts of his friend, 26-year-old Joey Ruth Armstrong, Yosemite Park Rangers found her decapitated body on the morning of July 22nd, 1999. She was discovered beyond a campground next to her living quarters in the Forrester community, a group of 30 cabins for use by park workers. Her body was next to a stream and her head was in the water. She had been working for the Yosemite Institute for the past year and had worked on education programs through a partnership with the National Park Service. Um, Joey had most likely been murdered on the evening of Wednesday, July 21st. She was seen that day at the Institute offices and was planning to visit a friend in Sus, uh, Sus, 
Sausalito. Somewhere. Somewhere. Sausalito. Yeah. It's somewhere in California. <laughs> in a place. Yeah. Uh, in America. <laughs> that day, but never made it. The police found her car in front of her cabin. It appeared she had been packing up her car to visit her friend when she was attacked. She was mm. so close. She yeah. almost made it away. Mm-hmm. Shit like that fucks me up. It always seems to be something like that. Whereas like if they'd left the house five minutes yeah, later literally. or earlier or whatever, it's just like, oh, it's gross. You never know. You never fucking Sometimes know. I think when I'm about to leave the house and I'm like, what if I wait two minutes? But then I'm like, but what if then I have an accident? Oh my so God, then I have you to are going to give yourself fucking OCD over that <laughs> I shit. have fucking OCD already, <laughs> but luckily it hasn't got that far. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I just sometimes think about it. But then I could be in an accident, do you know what I mean? And it's like, well, I shouldn't have waited that two minutes. So then I just go. I just leave. Don't, because now you're going to freak me out. (laughs) I'm like, did you wait two minutes? Stop! (laughs) Four days later, on Saturday, July 24th, the FBI announced that a man was in custody on strong suspicion of murder and that a significant announcement would be made shortly. The suspect, 37-year-old Kerry Stainer, (gasps) had been one... They got him! They got him! I mean, they thought they already had someone, but... How did they get him? Tell me, Stacey. I'm trying, (laughs) Leilani. (laughs) Trying very hard right now. (laughs) Hard to read. (laughs) The suspect 37-year-old, Kerry Stainer, had been one of the people questioned after the triple killings in February as he worked as a handyman at the Cedar Lodge. And they fucking let him go, man. Yes. Someone ain't doing their job properly. Yeah, so they said, well, no evidence linked him directly to the crime. Um, so he had been released. I don't believe that for a second because they're going to end up finding evidence this time. <laughs> well, yeah, probably. Unless he admits it. I don't know. Let's read on, Let's shall we? Let's find out. <laughs> Fucking ruining it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Stainer was brought into custody again and interrogated. Upon his release, this time he was told not to leave the area. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. What? They really what? They released him. I just skirted over that. Sorry. <laughs> Shit. I haven't read this since November. What the fuck? Um, yeah, so, but they but they told him not to leave the area. What the fuck? Now you stay here, young yeah. fellow, while we make sure to find out if you killed these young ladies. Well, I don't know why they're all old people, but yeah. <laughs> don't go anywhere. I can't believe they let him go. That's crazy. Dumbasses. <laughs> Yeah. What happens? Well, his, they get him back? Well, his truck, I'll tell you. His truck and apartment were searched and the authorities discovered evidence that linked him to Armstrong's murder. I so told you. Well, that's the last murder. Oh, okay. Shit, you, you got mega angry and <laughs> she pointed at me there. <laughs> I was like, okay, I didn't do anything wrong. Special Agent Maddox said, during the last 24 hours, we have developed specific information linking Stainer to the Sund Peluso murders as well. On Friday, July 23rd, agents realised Stainer had left the area. They finally caught up with him. Wow, good job, Yeah, guys. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> but they told him not to. Oh. Why didn't he do as he was told? I can't believe it's always like would he do knew that. he'd murdered them and that he was going to get arrested yeah, again. But how could he know that? You know, I just think you should listen. When someone tells you to do something, do it. You just do it. You should talk to me. <laughs> into five year olds. Um, yeah, so he left the area. <laughs> they finally caught up with him at the Laguna del Sol nudist colony. Mm, that sounds fun. <laughs> but what is he doing? He's going nude. He, he, which he frequently visited. So he's a deviant. No, I'm joking. Those nudists. <laughs> <It> was, <ugh>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obviously joking. <laughs> 
We don't want to upset the nudist colony, no. do we? Uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot where you were for a second there, I didn't did, you? I did, I'm sorry. Right. Your laugh was so fucking loud, it's just like blacked out the whole fucking thing. What was our laugh? Yeah. It's mani- uh, so the nudist colony's uh, manager had seen the, the story on television and recognised Stainer's photo as one of his guests and he notified the FBI. Agents descended on the colony and returned him to El Portal I think that's how you say it on Saturday uh, where he was put through a more lengthy interrogation I struggled there did you notice? (laughs) I did he confessed to all four moiders moiders (laughs) by the end of the evening the FBI felt they had gathered through oh (laughs) they've gathered enough evidence to formally arrest Kerry Stainer for murder so that's good they did their jobs. Good job, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Got something right. <laughs> yeah. At least he didn't kill anyone in that meantime that How we do know you of. Know? Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, that same day, Stainer allowed himself to be interviewed by a reporter from KNTV. During this session, Stainer blurted, I am guilty. I did murder Carol Sun, Julie Sun, Sylvina Peloso, and Joey Armstrong. None of the women were sexually abused in any way. Though we know that's bullshit. Yeah. I can't believe. Why? <sighs> Is it because he's worried what's going to happen to him in prison? Because the two of them were kids. I guess so. Mm. In the interview, Stainer described in detail how he murdered the women. He had strangled Pelot... 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 I'm so sorry. I hate butchering people's names. (laughs) He had strangled Peloso and Carol Sund in their rented cabin in the Cedar Lodge Motel, then took Julie Sund to the lake where he killed her early the next morning. So she had to witness that. No. Oh, my God. I can't even comprehend. No. He abandoned the group's rental car, that Pontiac. Mm -hmm. The nice car. It's not nice. It's just a fucking story. Um, With the bodies of... He abandoned the group's rental car with the bodies of Carol and Sylvina inside, returning two days later to burn the evidence and retrieve the wallet. Do you remember that wallet? I do. Yeah, well. Which he dumped in... (laughs) I should have just carried on reading, shouldn't I? Dumped it in Modesto to confuse authorities. Which he did. Yeah, man. Well, I feel like we're hyping him up there. <laughs> yeah, he did. No, yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Fuck the police. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, goodness. Fuck <clears throat> Kerry. Yeah, obviously. I Stain don't... on the society. Yeah, it's not how it's spelled though, but yeah. Stay. No. Stainer said he thought he'd gotten away with the earlier crimes, but could not resist the urge to kill Joey Armstrong after he struck up a chance conversation with her he concluded the interview with a message to the f- message message to the families of his victims but i'm not going to read it because he's a lying pile of shit and i don't believe a word of it according to special agent christopher hopkins both the fbi's evidence response team and the mariposa county sheriff's office collected <laughs> items of potential interest from room 509 <laughs> At the Cedar Lodge Motel, the room in which Stainer sexually assaulted Julie Sund and Sylvina Peloso and murdered both Carol Sund and Sylvina. In his interview, Stainer claimed that hair from his body was left on the bedspread in the motel room, but so he returned later and changed the bed. Upon examination by the FBI, some items provided trace evidence. 
Among other things, the FBI found hairs in vacuum sweepings taken from room 509 and possibly body fluid stains on a blanket and, and a latent palm print from a windowsill. So he was there. So, I mean, there was evidence. Mic drop. Well, remember what you said before. There was evidence. There was oh, surprise, surprise, bitches. There was evidence. Mm. You didn't look hard enough the first time, and we could have avoided the uh, other girl getting killed. Joey. I'm just gonna Joey. Yeah. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, you're not wrong. I'm sorry. I feel really Larry right now. It's the caffeine. It's She's the accidentally ca- overdosed on it's caffeine, caffeine today. No, it's the caffeine crash. I'm like now delirious at yeah. this point. You really are a different person now. You've gone, like we had a break and you're now something else. I, I recognise. <laughs> we'll get through it. We'll get through I, it. I'm so, I'm, I'm sorry. I have to say, I'm glad I don't write them out like this anymore because it's really hard to read. Because she's doing a really good <laughs> job, job at reading, reading this <laughs> podcast material shut the fuck up <laughs> i'm trying we get better we get better don't worry yeah <laughs> well we're well. recording this over from the other well <laughs> we think we get better it's because it's like mentally like the first one and i'm the one doing it and i'm the one that is shy and scared of everything <laughs> it's true she's a pussy ass bitch and you i get the fuck out my house, you bitch. so much <laughs> just gave you the death stare <laughs> put me on blast like that so vacuum sweepings were also taken from inside Joey's house uh, and they provided hair evidence. Um, now, Kerry Stainer claims to have bound her with duct tape in the in, in Joey's house. Is he like one of these psychopathic assholes that like gets off on telling the police everything he did with the victims? I think so. He seems he to seems chat to be a bit. just willingly, willingly. Yeah. Well, he talks them. to the press. He's a bit like a Ted Bundy. Like he talks uh, to the press a lot. Like he wants. Okay. He's one of these fuck faces yeah <laughs> um the fbi also found possible body fluid stains on the bed sheet taken from her residence as well uh they also seized clothing stained with blood from her body although most of the stains were likely to include armstrong's blood stainer was observed to have a laceration on his hand during his interrogation and therefore may have been cut and bled during the attack she fought back yeah, hell yeah poor thing Imagine, well, we'll get into it, but it's like you, you're you just packing up your car and then someone comes yeah. up behind you and like pretends to chat, like have a nice chat with you. Mm. It's, it's weird. Um, so latent fingerprints were also lifted from the interior of Joey Armstrong's tuck, tuck, truck, <laughs> which Tana admits to touching during the encounter with her. After the trial, a confession excerpt was released. It provides a further look at what drove Tana to kill as he saw Joey Armstrong outside her remote cabin, loading her car for a trip to San Francisco. Stainer said he knew what he did was wrong and acknowledged it was a cold-blooded act, but he just lost control. Oh, shut up. I mean, I do that. Sometimes people park like shit in a car park and I'm just like, I'm going to fucking murder you. (laughs) (laughs) just lost control. Yeah, there's uh, so many dead bodies around where I've just lost control, you know. (laughs) What a fucking dumbass. Initially, he didn't intend to kill Joey. So he says. As he watched her walking back and forth to her car and watering her plants, well, that's what you do when you leave. Like, you make sure your little plant babies are best. Like, okay. That makes me sad. Well, that's something we do. Like, we love our plants. Literally. It occurred to him, <laughs> just occurred to him, that she was alone and the thought of killing her entered his mind. 
He began talking to Armstrong and pulled a gun, forcing her into her house and saying he was going to rob her. He bound her mouth and hands with duct tape and forced her into the truck with the intent of raping and murdering her. Prosecutors said in a summary of the confession that that's, that's basically what, what it was. The expert excerpts, I think that's how you say that word. I struggled with that last time. The excerpts describe how gagged and bound with duct tape, Armstrong made an effort to escape her killer, driving headfirst out of the window of a moving truck Holy and shit. running for her life. No way. She was hard as fuck. Oh my God. Yeah. Fight. Yeah, well, she tried. I swear to God, gouge their freaking eyeballs out any way you can. Well, she's bound. Yeah, just get them in there. Yeah, but she's her hands are behind her oh, back. Behind she's it. bound. Oh, okay. Behind her back. So stop victim shaming. Man. No, I'm not. I wasn't. I wasn't. I'm just saying. Just for like, further, further. I mean, yeah. If you can gouge something in their fucking face. Stainer quickly tackled her, dragged her deeper into the woods of Yosemite, and as she vigorously fought back, he slit her throat. He said Armstrong tried to pin her chin to her chest to not oh my to block the knife. No, I can't. Mm-hmm. Oh, he dragged her further oh, that into makes the me feel things. Yeah, well, it's just the idea, of it, isn't it? Like, uh, Stainer quickly tackled her, dragged her. D- he dragged his he dragged her further into the forest, down a hill, and put his foot on her head and began cutting again. Oh my god, don't! Sorry. <clears throat> I mean, I feel like we can listen to it because she had to live through it. Like, but yeah. Oh god. Um, There's something about like, like obviously everything all kind of physical attacks and stuff are horrific and disgusting but there is something about like throats being like slit being that silenced. really yeah r- i cannot handle that idea do you remember that dream you used to have of me i think slitting your throat? i think of that all the time i think of it often after you told me so apparently what did i do i just decided to hack away no it was it was really it was a bizarre dream it had like one of my ex-boyfriends in it and i think he like left me so in the dream i was like heartbroken so i just turned to you and go kill me and you're like okay and you just slit my throat and then i went no i've changed my mind i've changed my mind and you just go do you want me to call an ambulance Oh my god! <laughs> Do you want me to call an ambulance? Because who would I trust more than anyone to kill me? You, obviously. I mean, but I never, ever, ever would. I'd pin you down, and be like we're going to the hospital. Uh, but I do kind of like dream Stacey. <laughs> Sometimes I can, I really do see myself in her a bit. <laughs> Don't say I'm a bit maniacal. <laughs> oh, I just love how patronising I am in your dreams. Yeah, you so were. Do you want me to call an ambulance? Yes. (laughs) I love it. Bizarre. There's an an insight into our whole relationship. Yeah. (laughs) She just thinks I'm going to murder her all the time. (laughs) No, I only have a dream about like, like, whenever people are in my dreams, they're always like the worst versions of themselves they can be. Mm. It's really weird. It's like my dreams are in opposite land and everyone's horrible. Oh. Yeah, it's odd. Actually, I get what you mean. I often have dreams where Adam's being really horrible to me and I wake up and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Where's that come from? Literally, I yeah, in my dreams, all my loved ones are always yeah. horrible to me. I get it's that so all weird. the time. Oh, yeah, because then you wake up feeling like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're led next to that person you're like, fuck, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, that, yeah, I don't know why we do that. Maybe something wrong with, something us. wrong with us. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So... <clears throat> After he'd cut her head off. 
that's where we just were he tried to cover his tracks but said it was too difficult to hide the trail of blood from with pine needles and dirt i mean yeah (laughs) yeah thank god um he went back to his truck and then decided he would return to the creek where he had dragged her body and cut her head off he said he tried to hide the head in some reeds uh but a lot of people think he actually wanted to keep it and that was meant to be a souvenir and he only left it there because he realized he couldn't take it back without it being like because he didn't have anything to Uh, put it in or anything yeah um poor him i know he just wanted to keep her head (laughs) (laughs) fucking asshole anyway stainer pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity of course he did i kind of feel like you have to try and go for that if you've done something like this because you are you are crazy but you're not legally crazy yeah 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 um his lawyers claimed that stainers claimed that the stainer family had a history of sexual abuse and mental illness manifesting itself not only in the murders but also his obsessive compulsive disorder i would just like to say that i have actual ocd not like i've got ocd what was his what i'm confused well i don't think he fucking does have ocd and also if he did I don't go around killing people. No, that's what OCD does, Stacey. Duh. Oh, wait. So am I meant to be killing people? <laughs> Shit. But it's just stupid. Yeah. Like, and also, plenty of people have mental illnesses and have or and or have been sexually abused. They don't go killing people and cutting people's heads off. Yeah. Like he was thinking about this stuff when he was seven. Exactly. So, fuck you, lawyer. I know they have to do their job, but fuck off. <laughs> But then I guess he's the one that said he thought about it at seven. So it's like, we have to, do we believe what he says? Well, do you know what I mean? Or is he just trying to make himself even crazier? Well, maybe. But um, <laughs> here's something. Uh, so he requested that he be provided with child pornography in return for his confession. <laughs> what the Shut up. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, what? What do you? You don't. Say, you can't say anything to that. Yeah. There's nothing you can say. Yeah. I've got no words. They didn't give it to him, did they? No. Okay. Good. No, they they actually did one thing right. Thank they God. They didn't give into that. <clears throat> Doctor Jose Arturo Silva testified that Stainer had obsessive compulsive compulsive disorder and what mild autism and paraphilia. He was, however, found sane and convicted of four counts of first-degree murder by a jury on August 27, 2002. Fuck yeah. Oh, 2002? Well, this happened in 1999, so... Oh, shit. He would, he in my head, this was happening in, like, the 70s for some reason. Yeah, no. Because he was born in the 70s, yeah, so he yeah. started it in the 70s, but yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that's still a long time ago, but... Yeah, but do you ever think back and think, oh, that was only like five years ago or whatever, and then yes. you do the math and you're like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like can't, I, was watching, I can't wrap my head around. No, I was watching a film from like 2013, and I was like, oh, yeah, it was only like a year ago, and I'm like, we're in 2022. <laughs> that's weird. Anyway, so during the penalty phase of his trial, Stainer was sentenced to death and was sent to the Adjustment Center on death row at San Quentin Penitentiary in California. Stainer remains on death row as of March 2021, though there have been no executions in California since 2006. Since a 2006 court ruling over flaws discovered in the administration of capital punishment in the state, I would prefer he rot in prison. So it's anyway. just not a thing anymore. Well, they kind of don't get rid of it just in case. But oh, okay. yeah, there's, they don't really do that much anymore. I think At least he's still states, there. There's certain states where they go wild for it. <laughs> they just kill anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. 
So that's the story of that cunt. <laughs> I was like, should I say? I will say. He is a cunt. He is a fucking asshole. Well, yeah. thank God he's in prison. Yes. I don't have anything else to say about him. I don't give a shit about him. Yeah, asshole, well, tosser. Yeah. He's, yeah. Well, at least he's not on the streets, I guess. But I feel very sorry for his victims. Imagine, like, being his brother that, like, lived through hell oh. and then realising that, that your brother... Well, fucks people over. Uh, well, he unfortunately never got to see that because he died in a motorcycle accident when he was 21. <gasps> no! Yeah. Well, I mean... I forgot to tell you that. I'm glad he didn't get to see his brother be a fucking evil piece of shit, but also he mm. lived... He survived through an abduction. Seven years in a, and then, abducted. Oh, my... You've just broken my heart. I know. Why did you do this? I'm sorry. <laughs> it was interesting. That's so sad. I know. I hated that when I found that out. I was like, why did that need to be included in the fucking documentary? And I've just done it to all of you. <laughs> or one of our <laughs> listeners. Maybe four <laughs> listeners. I don't know. Yeah. Well, thank you, Stacey. Well done. Well, guess what we're going to do next, guys? What are we going to do next? Lani's going to do one. Shut up. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, it depends. I've she's, changed she's my mind. Bit, yeah, she's looking a bit <laughs> red-faced. You, you can do Okay. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a little mystery, isn't it? it we actually is. know what it's going to be now. Mysteries are my favourite. Yeah, but I hate All unsolved. of the unsolved. I hate unsolved, so don't worry. I got you guys. I won't, <laughs> I won't be leaving you hanging. <laughs> I will. Well, there's a couple I might, but... But anyway. Anyway, hope you enjoyed. Yeah, thanks so much. <laughs> How do you end these things? I don't know. Love you all. Bye. And uh, guys... Stay curious. Stay curious, guys. Let you say it. No, 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 no. Stay curious. Bye. Bye. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.